India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Hi everyone this is Rohit Srivastava here founder and strategist with India Charts reporting to you on the markets for the 21st of November 2020 it's a Saturday it's the weekend we've actually closed positive for the Nifty Uh, but not the same for some of the us indices the s&p actually closed down the nasdaq 100 has had its second week down and what all that means is that uh, when you actually look at the nifty i would have thought this week would be down for the nifty because a lot of the recent rallies actually ended in two weeks time so that's what we saw for most of you know june july august now that was of course stretched but if you look at say the october move that was two weeks uh, the july august rally was probably the longest because it went on for almost six weeks uh, but even the ones we saw in april and may every time the market moved up for two weeks it actually paused so i thought there would have been a pause what you ended up getting is a doji now what is a doji uh, it's a candlestick pattern where prices open at a certain level they of course gapped up and opened higher and then uh, they closed only marginally higher from there now you could have had something known as a doji star as well which means the open and close would be almost the same but in the case of a doji it's only that you've marginally closed higher it's not a significant move and what that usually means is that somewhere the market has lost the momentum that at it, that it had built earlier so definitely you have a loss of momentum case but we didn't really end up with a negative week even though you could say the last part of the week uh, the market was sort of flat in fact it's been it was attempting to extend on monday tuesday then it halted and then after having uh, sold off it just bounced to retrace just over 61% uh, of that decline that we saw in, uh, into thursday uh, on friday you know so we just above the 61% mark uh, and i would really want to think and ponder over here what is really going on because some sentiment readings of course have reached a high in fact one of the uh, two of the things that happened is uh, uh, there were major trends that i was anticipating for a while which is the participation of the broad market it finally happened it's not been as wild uh, as i would have thought but still uh, that the mid cap index has broken through the falling trend line from the 2018 high uh, and also the 61.8% retracement mark of the entire decline from 2018 to 2020 these both marked a serious reversal for Uh, the mid cap index and so that has led to recognition among uh, many analysts who are working on a back foot or who probably wait for these longer term breakouts before they even recognize that the trend has changed and in elliot wave analysis we study sentiment so when you reach extremes of sentiment like we did in march we start believing that something has already happened from where things can change and so we start anticipating those changes uh, with momentum indicators far ahead of what most people typically would wait for which is almost you know 6 months since market has been going up and then finally you have reports from some brokers coming out one of which was forwarded to me saying that you know technical analysts recognize that this is a bull market going on so when you reach that stage and there was also an interesting uh, tweet uh, and a short video that uh, prashant who interviews me regularly on cnbc put out and he was actually looking at the one year two year forward expectations of earnings Uh, that are actually the same as they were in say 2018 and 19 you know and in fact throughout i think 16 17 18 19 if you look at the pattern it was that analysts one year two years out were always projecting 15 to 20% earnings growth and eventually only delivering 5 to 10% and they would revise the numbers again have a two year forward projection which was way higher than what you were expecting 
and finally after all the downgrades in earnings they started to upgrade again and reports were showing consensus expectations that one to two years down the line you're again going to be at 20 percent plus so this is the kind of sentiment change that has happened there was also a bloomberg survey which uh, i also uh, wrote about it's there on bloomberg quint if you're a user then you would have seen it and the bloomberg survey of uh, fund managers around the world hundreds of them was showing what was the expectation in terms of earnings and revenues and also their asset allocation and their expectations had reached peak in terms of number of people expecting earnings to grow was similar to seen at you know previous extremes which means a very large number of people all at once have finally changed their expectations for the market now i'm not saying those expectations are right or wrong you know that's a separate story uh, when we look at this kind of data what we are really looking for as you know market analysis we are looking at sentiment extremes to really happen so when everybody turns uh, turns on the tide then you have to step back and think whether the markets are overdone for the time being you know of course some things may play out later on and eventually we will start discounting them but in the short term uh, when uh, people give in to what is the market force itself which means higher highs in the market uh, and that also ahead of uh, any change having really happened in terms of actual earnings change of course we've got some bounce back but we are really not back there you know because if you actually look at what is the EPS so far, the trailing EPS of say the Nifty? Okay, I think uh, the number is somewhere in the 300s, if I'm not wrong. Uh, on one of the uh, websites, I can actually see a number of 363 versus where we were in say March of 2020. Okay, so at that time before the earnings downgrades that happened, we were at 443. These are historical earnings for uh, the Nifty. And because uh, the EPS downgrades have happened and even after the initial tick up, so there's some tick up in the EPS that has happened because of the earnings revisions of the last quarter. That's why the P ratio is so elevated. The Nifty P is actually gone to 35 times versus uh, where it was in January. Uh, at the 12,400 mark, we were at uh, around uh, 28 to 29 times, right? So this big upswing in the P ratio essentially is because the earnings decline. And so earnings are still in the process of catching up and coming back to where they were. Uh, some of the upgrades have happened or some companies that have done better have done so because of what I read is uh, savings on the side of wages because they have been uh, people who've been laid off and they actually saved on expenses. And that's partly a reason some of the earnings upgrades have happened. There's a lot more to really take place before you actually get back to normalized earnings. So sure, markets always move from one extreme to the other. I recognized in June and July that people were still very, very negative on financial markets and they were not really uh, thinking ahead in terms of how things can really improve and go forward. And now I think everybody is starting to price in normalcy, even though we are still not there. But I think apart from that, uh, while I do think we will eventually move towards normal, I think in the short term, we've reached a point where I think one of the biggest risks which I thought in June and July when people asked me, is this a B wave? Is this going to go back to 8,000, 9,000 at least? Said the only time that will happen is if you see a second wave of the coronavirus. People were still looking at the first wave where, you know, numbers in India were still rising through June, July, August. And I was saying only when there's a second wave after it dips and then it happens again is when there could be that kind of a risk. And I think that risk is actually now on the table and is being underpriced by the market. It initially showed up only in Europe. Uh, people thought, okay, it's Europe, some parts of France are locking down, might not be a big deal, you still have a stimulus coming. Then you had US, I think I myself wrote that in US, the trend that we are seeing is, it's only showing up in some of the peripheral areas, areas where you hadn't seen big jumps in numbers, so I wrote a report about that more than a month back, and 
this week itself uh, i had to uh, update myself with uh, changes in data points so originally when i looked at the us data was showing advances in places like illinois or texas and but not really showing it in say california or new york where you had peak cases earlier however eventually california has picked up the number of cases in california now on a daily basis have surpassed what they had done in uh, may and june of the year and so now that they are at an all time high new york is still picking up not yet at an all time high we are seeing all time high in india now we are seeing it in delhi we are now seeing it in ahmedabad so i am not ruling out that this also happens in mumbai okay so i wrote a, a detailed note with charts on that if you want to see it's on the website under under the winter update section and uh, uh, what i'm really watching out for now is that india typically with a lag of one month because that's how most of the data has been and i don't know why i have still not understood why the data in india really lags by a month i don't know whether it's got to do the way we collect data and report it because everywhere around the world data seems to move in a, at a certain pace and our data tends to move with a long lag so uh i don't know we'll probably not come to know uh, till a later date is it really the trend or is it is it just the way that we are collecting and reporting data that it's actually not real time day to day data but what we are being reporting is with a lag now that's just speculation from me but that's been the pattern because if you look back at april us cases started to rise slowly from april itself india looked like the safest place in the world and suddenly by may our cases started to rise and by june and july we were, we had the maximum number of cases on a daily basis in the world so that lag was there and based on that lag in uh, august september itself i projected that when us started to show a decline from you know late july to early august i thought that india one month later would probably show the same it continued till mid of september and then we peaked out and then uh, our cases started to decline sharply in uh, peak places like maharashtra uh, but of course later in october it was again sectoral so you could see jumps in bangalore and kerala and so on and i thought maybe that's similar to what us did uh, where it was showing uh, you know cases rising in other states but eventually it spread back to the main states and that's what i think i'm fearing would happen to india with that lag Uh, in the next one month or one and a half month, uh, so I think it's still time that people need need to be careful and not really, you know, let their hair down and become, uh, you know, unresponsive to what is really going on because we easily become complacent. We think that well, nothing's happening. We have more or less survived it. Uh, people stop wearing masks all the time, or you know, they take it lightly in terms of going to crowded places. Uh, but the second wave is real. Uh, we can actually see it in the data and uh, while we may be more prepared for it which is probably why markets are still not reacting they can see that yes well you have a hospital system that's prepared governments are more prepared not just medically but also financially to intervene in uh, in markets uh, you're still waiting for the second stimulus to come in from the us because uh, you still have to announce or uh, should i say swear in the new president and that could take time it may end up till december or january and uh, only after that will he actually consider uh taking on the uh, next round of stimulus he might even you know send uh, checks again to everybody so that demand doesn't drop too much so in other words what we will not be looking for is going back to the march low so that's what people keep asking are we going to get that big sell off again probably it won't be as bad as it was the first time around because we are more prepared but that doesn't mean that we should be complacent in the short term so in the short to medium term some kind of decline or some kind of pullback just because of this uh, one factor which now is uh, a serious risk in front of us that is going to you know slow thing the things down the recovery process till we actually get over it and get the vaccine in is going to be uh, the talk of town so i think we need to pay attention to that risk there is some short term loss of momentum watch it wait 
look at you know how it develops and spreads maybe to a higher time frames in terms of weekly uh, momentum as well and if that is happening then it's probably a time to uh, you know uh, sit back and let uh, the markets pull back have uh, some cash on the table to be able to take advantage of such a pullback when it happens so that's i think uh, the uh, net takeaway of what uh, all the news put together saying in fact what i'm hearing about biden is also that he wants to actually lock down the nation this is what this is what uh, when i was speaking to uh, my brother in the us saying that uh, he actually wants to lock everything down by february it's going to you know shut the country and i was like uh, i can't hear any anything of that nature coming from him but if that's what the general sentiment is in the us they're really expecting that he'll take that that those kind of more serious steps than probably trump did and the only way they'll able to uh, you know do that without significant economic impact is going to back it up with also a stimulus uh, or sending out checks so that the demand side uh, remains fairly stable uh, but given the environment if you actually move towards more lockdowns around the world because of the spread of the virus then it is going to cause some slowing down in the near term and it's a risk factor that sentimentally at least we should weigh in on the market that has had a pretty good run uh, over the last 6 to 8 months you know so that's uh, uh, really an important thing to think about uh, again uh, when that happens should it be an all over all round sell off in the market so do think about that there can be sectoral variations okay for example i do feel when i look at the mid cap charts that they had a long consolidation between september and october you know when then in fact in uh, september october initially when the us uh, when the nifty was actually falling you had uh, the mid caps outperform by not falling too much then later when when the main market large caps actually rallied then the mid caps took their time to really take off now you've actually had 14 days or 15 days of consecutive advances in the broad market and that has pushed their rsi to over 80 so in the short term it does look like they are a little stretched but it's possible that they still stretch some more because individual stocks are just beginning to move and i look at it's not been such an across the board mid cap rally like you saw probably in uh, may june and july right this time it's been a little little more uh, stock specific you haven't had big moves yet or they are just in early stages some stocks have just started to move but not really run away so it's possible that the broad market momentum continues even as the nifty becomes uh, lackluster that is one possible outcome of what we are seeing the second could be like i said sectoral rotation for example i've written about the pharma sector uh, given the situation maybe pharma as a sector again comes back into focus uh, and starts to outperform uh, the funny thing is that even though we heard vaccine news twice more recently the markets did not respond so strongly to the news uh, over and over again you know so the first time response was very very high the second time uh, the pfizer uh, you know confirmed that yes this is happening you had a big day and then eventually it cooled off very very fast from the second day itself and then when madonna madonna came out with its own results there was almost a no reaction of the market so this is what is happening it's sort of getting discounted that yeah fine this is coming we all know and it's going to take some time i don't know whether it's some people say it's few months but the others who say it's going to take at least a year because you have to produce a lot of you know vaccines to reach billions of people around the world and that is definitely going to take a lot of time so we don't know how fast this can really reach everybody and uh, while there is light at the end of the tunnel uh, there's a time factor we've priced in a lot of good things but how long is it going to take for all the good things to really play out and for the next phase to really build is now what you will have to seriously think about now of course there's good news that we actually tend to in india 
act faster. So even though our data only came out in May, I think we locked down in the third week of March. So we actually responded pretty well in terms of taking action. Even now, I think while I've been sensing that Mumbai should be at risk, immediately uh, one of the things that, you know, we've been fearing and I've discussed this last time is schools, uh, you know, their examinations uh, taking a hit, especially those who are probably have board exams coming up. Uh, in Mumbai, all the schools have been told that they are likely to continue to remain shut down. So they were supposed to open by 23rd of November. However, they are allowing non-Mumbai st- uh, cities to open up. Uh, but uh, in Mumbai, the schools are going to be shut till the end of December itself. So that's not happening, at least for the time being. And so those these type of actions, of course, are taking place uh, soon enough. Uh, so that uh, the same risks are not perceived because a lot of places where they opened up universities in UK initially, they'd opened up in August and September. And then eventually you saw a jump in cases. People are wondering whether, you know, opening up uh, universities or institutions was a cause, though there are some studies that show that that's not the cause. But in general, we've tried to open up everything. And that's definitely led to a further spread of the virus, which once again needs to be contained. Let me conclude by saying that we ended 2076 Samvat on a very, very high note. But as we enter 2077, we should think about being safe, not just from the risk of the virus, but also from any kind of financial risk. Taking care of that, probably in the first quarter of this new year, we should be able to end on a high note at the end of the year as well. So that's all from me today. Thank you. Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge. <laughs>